So, gents, it is the 14th of April, which is scary in itself because it seems like Q1 just happened, but now, bang, we're halfway through April already. The market's moving probably better than it's moved, I would say, for the last six months. We're going to cover that on today's topic. A little bit of a summary on some of the other episodes we've had as well. So, the regions that have seen the greatest percentage change are obviously London. That's always going to be the case. So that's currently at 11.8%. And then you've got the Southeast as well, which is next best performing one at, at 9%. So that's obviously people fed up with London, wanting to, to, to move sort of close to where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with all the great transport links, you get more for your money down here. So that's what's really driving, driving that. And then the regions with the highest average rents, again, Southeast, at 1,251 as an average as an average rent. And then London, you, you've got close to 2,000. But for the people listening and watching, I think it's really important. We're going to give you some great stats on exactly what's going on right on the grassroots level of the property market for sales and for rentals. And we're just going to get off the fence and have a little bit of an opinion-based conversation as well on what's going on with things like mortgage lenders charging four grand for an arrangement fee, for example, on a buy-to-let, although it looks appealing. But... Can they really get away with charging that amount of arrangement fee for buy-to-let? So I think they're the sort of topics we're going to cover today. But first of all, Andy, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We've had a couple yeah. of good episodes, haven't we, really? Yeah, we have. We have. Yeah, a couple of good episodes. Um, but excited about this one. Q1 sort of review. What's going on? Um, so, yeah, some interesting things to to talk about on, on this one. Absolutely. I mean, Sam Norris came on and Sam Norris is a... Um, he's a mortgage advisor specific for people that listen to this. He's, he's talking with property investors, portfolio landlords. One of the things that he covered, Mike, was really the importance of uh, seasoned landlords and new experienced, new inexperienced wannabe landlords and property investors actually working together because the seasoned mm. landlord potentially has got a lot of experience, but maybe not got the hunger and the energy that the new investors got. And the new investor wants the experience, but can't get it without doing it. So he spoke quite a lot about putting his clients together, actually, to almost share the experience and and look at JVs. And we've been looking at some buy-to-lets at the moment, and it seems like JVs is an easy way to kind of mitigate the risk of the big deposit you've got to put into a buy-to-let at the moment. But what's your kind of thoughts on that, Mike, from your experience? Um, it's something that is quite often mooted around those training courses that get sold at the Holiday Inn Heathrow, yeah. where it's free and it's no money down and it's all lights and flashing and, and, and con artists on the stage wearing uh, wearing headsets, which has always sort of put me off because it's just it's been a selling tactic over the years. It's, oh, yeah, and it's free to come to my course, but give us some money and we'll go in on a JV. And you just think, who gets pulled into that? But two minutes in, Mike's off the fence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no holds barred. Yeah, Mike's who, yeah. J, 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 JV and I'm putting the money in. Oh, good, good, good news. But I think if you're going to do a JV, you need to do a JV with someone who you you know, like, and trust, and have similar yeah. uh, goals for. Specifically, when you're talking about business, there's no point looking for a long term pension plan with someone who's looking to make a quick buck. Yeah for a good example. Yeah. So definitely, if you've never done it before, the knowledge that a buy-to-let investor will have over 10 years or 15 years worth of buying and selling property will stop you from making mistakes. And if you've been doing it for 10 or 15 years, 
you are probably a little bit worn out with the changes in taxes and the changes in regulations, which will seem normal to the new investor. So there's probably 50%, 50 of the new investor you want, like you say, because of the enthusiasm for doing it, because house prices are going up, rents are going up. So in theory, it's a good place to invest. Whereas I'm a seasoned investor mm. and I'm a little bit tired by the changes in the regulations, the increase in taxes, the this, the that, and the other. So if someone came to me, for example, and said, Mike, this is what I want to do. This is, you know, this is really what I want to get into. There's a hundred things that I could help them out with. So I yeah. totally agree with his point of view, Sam's point of view on an individual basis. Yeah. But don't get pulled into training courses that's a different, no money down that's, that's a different <laughs> combat, yeah. i think i think a lot of those are are now looked at so negatively they're back they're back on my facebook yeah but i still think people are <laughs> people are aware you know they're aware of the go to the back of the room and, and sign the sign the thousand pounds mm. for the next course type setup i think people are aware I, I hope they are anyway but yeah i'm sure there's some people out there that aren't but yeah. I, I hope they are but i think there's a lot to to say in the market we're in at the moment with putting experience with money or putting time with money or putting inexperience with an energy with experience and lack of energy or whatever it may be i think they're the jigsaw puzzles to put together definitely mm. um i love the dimitri episode obviously did that one on my own but chatting with dimitri about how property investors can have the energy and the focus after a full day's work in the evening to still be able to put their full time and conscious focus into their goal of becoming a property investor there's some great advice in there around focus general health um but for me yeah it was, it was a really good 38 minute episode that i definitely think people should go back and check out did you get through the organic ghee we got. I've actually got through the organic gate over the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of steaks went in, and, uh, and it was it was used. I couldn't taste the difference if I'm honest with you, yeah. but I'm sure, I'm sure it helped in some way. It must Your be gut will thank you later. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean the steaks were lovely, so yeah, happy days. Um, so yeah, that was it. That was a great episode. I love the Lee Curtis one that we did, and where he actually said, typically speaking, if you're getting involved in land or you're looking to buy a plot, what you would look at is you would spend a third on the plot, yeah. a third on the build and make a profit of a third. That was the rule of thumb, but almost the fact that that's no longer an option because the people that hold the land at the moment, the land sellers are pricing themselves out of the market. Yeah. And that becomes at the plug in the bath that we need to kind of be pulled out in reality because there is still a bit of a shortage of property. We do need more properties built yeah. and we need landowners to be realistic with the fact that prices across you know the country have corrected by 12% and so has their land. Yeah. Um, but if the build costs are no longer able to be a third and they're going to be 40%, something has to give. And unfortunately, it's the seller rather yeah. than the uh, the buyer. So that was an interesting episode. Yeah, it was it? interesting to see what Lee said as well about getting it to the final stages. So when he was talking about the planning applications and the delay that's happening on that at the moment, mm. um, and that it's just taking X amount of, of, of time to get to that final stage. And you're seeing the big developers that are just holding on to the land that have that time yeah. for the planning permission, but your smaller developers yeah. don't. And, you know, they're not really getting a sniff at, at, at sort of the the land that's available and the delays that are coming with that. So it was interesting to get his thoughts on that because um, it's it's 
obviously a, a topic that needs sorting out and looked into. So yeah, yeah that was that was sort of a, a good insight to get his eighteen months rather than eighteen yeah, I mean, weeks. You know, it's crazy, it's just, really. It's just it? crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. But it again goes back to what's the solution to that? And I don't know. The only way yeah. is the councils they must realise that if they build more property, they get more or the, or the government yeah. at least if we build more property but the councils get more council tax if there's more properties in their council you know the government gets more money from stamp duty so if it's a case that the two day a week part-timer that's on the edge of retirement that's now confirming whether a garage can go up a tree can come down or a yeah. big unit can be purchased um, or built i should say and then purchased by someone really something has to improve that standard of, of planning application acceptance because that's the plug that stops everything and it's better for the economy if there's more going on yeah. so yeah interesting one there you guys um spoke to ricky on the stevenage spotlight as well so um how, how was that for you guys it was interesting you compared it to bracknell basically yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah it's 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 a cookie cutter version just round to the north of london obviously with ricky we learned within i think we played arsenal bingo and i think we got what four minutes four minutes uh, before before it came out before his uh, his allegiances <laughs> were, uh, yeah. were were swayed out but he gave some really really good serious local knowledge tips yeah. about certain property designs where money can be made that you just wouldn't know as an outside investor which was which is what a real local can give you that no one else can for me. Yeah. And it was good to hear from him as well, because Stevenage, I've heard of it, never been there. Yeah. So I was going in completely blind to, to what Stevenage is about. Um, and yeah, he he gave me the details. I sort of knew what, what community is there, what sort of big players are, are going in there, the developments that are happening there. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an up and coming investment area for, We've done for sure. We've done a fair few, you know, we're getting closer towards probably seven or eight of these spotlights now. But I, mm. I always think when when I'm talking to an investor and it's the first time investing or a family member or a friend, you normally say buy somewhere close to home because you feel more comfortable. You know the good from the bad. But what I'm getting in these spotlights is a real understanding of an area from an mm. expert. I remember doing the one with Mike Childs on High Wickham, really opened my eyes into me feeling more comfortable if I did want to go in High Wycombe and invest, I would do that search on Rightmove and check it out and see if something appeals because Mike's told me the areas to and not to invest, the type of area that it is, who the profile is of buyer and tenant. Yeah. And I think these spotlights, hopefully people are finding that it's given them a bit more confidence to look further away because it's expensive to invest around here. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, going a little bit further away within an hour's drive, a lot of these places are, um, for us at least, it, it's, it's quite a handy way of kind of building someone's knowledge of different areas. So check those spotlights out. There's some good ones in there. So what's going on from a rental point of view at the moment then, Andy? What are the kind of key changes? What are some of the stats saying? Let's um, let's fire a few out. Yeah, so I'll go through some stats, but rental market overall, it's, it's still booming. It's still running hot. Um, that's due to sort of, the demand sort of outweighing the supply, which has been what's happening in, in previous months as well. What's really driving that is sort of more tenants staying on with their current tenancies because um, they're a bit nervous on obviously buying a property, interest rates still still sort of high. Um, so they're staying on, staying in rented, which is obviously having an effect on, on the supply mm -hmm. um, with relets coming up. 
Um, and I think with tax changes, sort of growing regulation um, and higher borrowing costs for landlords, you're starting to see more and more landlords exit exit the market, unfortunately. Um, and with sort of immigration and overseas students at sort of an all-time, all-time high, obviously that's going to create more demand for, for rental properties as well. So that's what's sort of driving it. So just looking at some sort of key stats then for average rents for, for the UK um, over the last sort of three three months. So average rent across the UK for January was 1,172. For February was 1,175. And then for March, it was 1,184. So over those three months, average rent is, is sort of one yeah, 1,177. So you can see over the last three months, especially in January, it is creeping up. Mm. Okay, so that sort of gives you an indication it's that it's still running. It's been going up at that rate for yeah. two years. Exactly, you know? and it just it, it, it seems that it's going to continue to, to increase as, as well. So changes sort of annually for the rents. January was 10.2%, February was 9.9%, and March is at 9.8%. So again, average over three months is, is 10%. So that just gives you an indication of, of how hot that is running. That I guess what's interesting market. on that is from a yield point of view, just looking at price versus rent, we can't take the interest rates into context on that, but we, we do need to. But just yield versus rent, if the house prices have corrected by 10 to 12% mm. and rents in that same window have gone up 10, 11%, then obviously the yield is stronger. But I think the interest rate is something which yeah. you've got to discuss because, of course, that is double, triple in some some occasions. But I am seeing lenders now, and I, I sort of spoke about it at the, at the intro here, but I am now seeing lenders. For example, Virgin Money, I got an email from them yesterday, um, an email that goes to mortgage advisors, although I'm not one, but I, I managed to get myself on the subscribe list. So I get the intro updates. But this morning... Virgin Money have released a product for buy to let, 50% loan to value, 50% mortgage, 50% cash. Um, it's 3.98%, but it's £3,999 arrangement fee mm. to do it. If you went for the 75% loan to value, then it's about half a percent more expensive and the arrangement fee is two grand, so half the price. So if you want the sub 4% deal, you're looking at four grand arrangement fee. Mm. It's hard, isn't it? You know, you think four yeah. grand plus your stamp duty tax that you're going to have to pay a 3% increase on, on whatever it is, depending on what price you're buying at, plus your big deposit. You know, in that case, you've got to put 50% cash down. Hard to do that on your own at the moment and really yeah. make it work, I think. Really yeah. make it, it profitable. You know, get bang for the buck, as the phrase goes. It's quite a tough one, isn't it, Mike? It's getting that way, yeah. I mean, it doesn't exactly motivate you to go running down to Virgin Money to... To, to meet the broker does it yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't fill me with excitement to, to pay a four thousand pound arrangement fee which is essentially it's essentially just a made up yeah yeah uh, you know bureaucratic nonsense sort of way to charge money the tenant um, fee bank came in can we get a like well a yeah that's, it, was, <laughs> it was running through my head it's like well you know nonsense fees that that have just crept in and become fashionable over the last 10 or 15 years this is one of them isn't it like where did they ever come from it used to be 500 then it was a thousand yeah. then it was a couple of percent and now it's now it's four thousand pounds to to do it and mm. people end up slinging it on top of the loan just to see it away yeah yeah um and hoping that capital appreciation is gonna is gonna mask the the damage i guess um 
the answer is I don't really know where that's going to go, whether that's yeah. now set in as that's what we do. Mm. People are paying for it. We've got a captive audience. Um, so like it or lump it or whether that's going to sort of erode away with, um, with competition, like, like rates norm, like rates often have done. Yeah. It's really difficult. It is really difficult, but I think it's, it's where it's important and much like Sam said in his, and we've said it time and time again, it's where it's important to have that really strong power team around you, a really yeah. good network yeah. of advice so that whatever your ultimate long-term, short-term, medium-term goal may be, that you can take advantage of that. And I do, I do think there will be the opportunity for uh, more flips between now and the end of the mm. year. I think there's uh, auction levels seem to be increasing. I think there's some stuff coming out of the woodwork now where you're seeing some really good opportunities to buy probates and, you know, repossessions at all sorts of level. We saw one at like 1.4 million, a repo that had sold about 12 months ago for half a million pounds more than that. So, And if I had 1.4 million, <laughs> we're both buying it. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about a house share at one point on, on WhatsApp. It was it was amazing. It was but a sexy house for one yeah, and a half. They're, yeah, they're starting to creep out of the woodwork where I think some people were on some slightly, shall we say, dodgy mortgages, which have now come out of their fixed mm. rate, hit the variable. Mortgage lenders won't remortgage with them because they're in breach of terms and have eventually repossessed them. I've seen two or three in our area, which is reasonably well healed, not your normal repossession mm. properties, not your normal repossession towns, um, like the like the big towns of, of the past where they just pop up and you're like, well, why is it being repossessed? And then you see it's on at 1.4, was sold at 1.75 and there's an AST for £3,000 a month on anything. Well, like, yeah. okay, I know what the lender has refused to remortgage yeah. at that level yeah. and, and it's had to be given back because mm -hmm. um, someone's taken a flyer on it and that rent just doesn't cover the new mortgage so it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting times, but definitely opportunities are up. Absolutely no doubt about it. Um, the Savills auction catalogue seems to be getting fatter and fatter that every time yeah. I get the email. <laughs> yeah, that's everywhere as well. You know, you normally just see them north of Birmingham, didn't you? The kind of auction stuff, but they're everywhere now. South coast, you know, west, east, it, it seems to be knocking around. Zoopla, one of the statistics I did on the market update, um, just the, the residential sales market update, highlighted that um, 36% of all transactions year to date, so that was January, February, and March, were first-time buyers. So if we go full circle, obviously the goal around all of these restraints for property investors was to try and help first-time buyers. Mm. And it does seem at the moment first-time buyers are the dominant force in the market, which is why we're seeing a swing of about 100 grand on listing price, properties going to the market to the sale price. It's not that people are negotiating 100 grand on the asking price. It's just that more first-time buyer properties had been selling in Q1. So that's interesting. If there's tenants staying, there's a huge tenant demand and first-time buyers are dominant, what's the kind of the void period looking like on the rental market have you got the the data on that at the moment for yeah so void? so void periods so across the uk at the moment it's around 15 days okay so so it's not it's not bad i mean this time last year it was at 19 19 days so it's improved um so yeah it's not not a massive void void period at all it's good though isn't it i think you know i remember when that was maybe a month yeah and now it's half a month so yeah you're never missing a full month's mortgage you no know? and it does seem like referencing companies i don't know if that's just the transition of 
avocado versus traditional, but it does feel like you can actually work with a referencing company to move people in a little bit quicker than you had been able to before. Yeah. But you, you often don't need to because it never goes vacant, really, does it? The, no, the let exactly. is done way before the tenant moves out. Yeah. So, and I think the referencing side of things being done a lot quicker now because yeah. tenants are more prepared, right? So they know the fear factor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they don't want to miss out. They're coming prepared. They're getting all of their stuff together and they're, you know, as soon as the referencing agency gets in contact with them or we get in contact with them, they're ready to go. Mm. So they're, they're doing it sooner rather than later. Sort of, you know, a couple of years ago, it just used to be, yeah, I'll get it to you in a week's time or two weeks time because that, that sort of demand um, wasn't there. But now a lot of competition out there. So yeah, they're, they're getting prepared and, and to get that property. We've got in a couple of weeks time, we've got, um, Pete Licarinas coming back on the podcast who specializes in kind of premium HMOs. And I'm going to be interested to chat with him because there were some wow factor stats last time about some of his premier HMOs, you know, where um, they were having tenancy, average tenancy lengths at 18 months, even longer, but he had a hundred percent occupancy rate on, on most of them. And I know from talking to him on the phone recently that he's his most recent unit, six uh, bedrooms or 900 pound rooms, and they were all let before the re- um, the refurb was completed. Mm. So with the the lack of properties, you know, that is definitely something that we've got to talk about. Because yeah. if you've got the cash to JV with someone and do a HMO at that level, the rental is phenomenal. I mean, the maths on it and the yield on it stacks up. And the, the concern around HMOs was the account management of individual tenancies on each room mm. and the void periods being so quick on the turnaround i think six or seven months was the national average only a couple of years ago but when you're looking at that a solid year and a half it's like a normal tenancy of of old isn't it and the rent you know it's more than i've got let out so you know that's definitely a, an episode which um is well worth checking out for because i'm looking forward to having a chat with pete about that that's that's maybe the way that you really make this work at the moment if you've got long-term goals and you want good margins yeah if you put yeah. some really good refurbishment work into the hmo it, it does work and i know he limits them at six so sometimes you think of these massive like 12, yeah, 12 rooms yeah. let out in this small kind of house but it's not that for these particular ones so that's interesting how have you found it mike you know over the over the last sort of couple of weeks how have you found chats that you've had with various developers and and investors and tenants as well yeah i mean developers first one is i spoke to one a couple of weeks ago and he sold a small site of about eight properties in the summer last year had an issue with planning on the car park and had to go back to planning to change something. And it took him six months to get the car park reapproved. It's crazy. Um, which meant he had to resell every single unit except one, which is a, a an example of the planning problems mm. that you had. And it was exactly the situation you had you you, you mapped out is turns out the guy who does planning for that area literally works two days a week. Mm. It's like a part-time hobby. Yeah. Um, when it's absolutely critical for people's businesses, people's lives and the local economy. I mean, we're sat, it wasn't in Bracknell. We're sat in Bracknell now. They put half a billion pounds into the town centre on the basis that the population would grow mm. by a certain amount to support the town centre's economy. So those sorts of things have to be done. Otherwise, the town centre will fall flat on its face in the next two years. So those are really, really important. Mm-hmm. Landlords... Um, I'm seeing a mix. I'm seeing 
people moving overseas. I'm seeing people moving in together. I'm seeing people doing letter buys and I'm seeing cash buyers. Um, not seeing too many people doing your traditional 25, 30% down buy to let purchases, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly from your review of Virgin Money's latest offerings. Um, and oh, they, and other lenders are available. Oh, no, it sounds like I'm slagging them off. They're one of the top lenders, to be completely honest. Those, those so, rates are better than yeah, most. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if there's someone from Virgin Money out there, come on our podcast and we'll have a chat. Yeah. Um, and then from a tenant's point of view, I'm st- it's still the same as I've been saying for the last 18 months. I just feel sorry for tenants. I listed four properties in March personally and just through right move alone had 184 viewing requests which (laughs) i also have zoopla i also have our website i also have our social media channels so you can double that easily and a lot of those properties i'm putting on the market for 24 48 hours then i'm switching them off Mm. to stop the leads it's like what do you do when you have 72 inquiries on a one-bedroom flat the demand yeah, so. is is so so strong out there that my uh, my brother in law is expecting with his partner. I think that's public knowledge. If not, I've just put it live on the podcast. But that'll be the yeah, second time. Baby without really checking. But anywho, they're not listening. Um, but they were they were actually trying to find somewhere to rent in Ascot. Uh, they work in Ascot. They were really keen to try and find a, a two bed. They got a budget up to about thirteen fifty. They would have gone for a one bed if it was the right property, but they were turning up after booking time off work to go and view these properties that they were being told there was waiting lists for, for the agents not to show because it had already been let and they hadn't been you know told to being blown out by people moving from London that were happy to just come in and pay 200 pounds a month more because for them, they were moving out of London and it was still a 30% saving, 50% saving on the rent they were paying in London. So they're getting gazumped by London tenants all over the place. The waiting lists were huge. And in the end, um, the parents have decided they're going to convert the garage and give them somewhere to stay in there because they just can't find a rental property. It was unbelievable, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's that's the lengths that people are having to go to now, and it we just need more landlords. So you know, if you're if you are a property investor out there or you're a landlord out there, let's have a conversation because yeah. we've got really good network from this podcast now. And if you want to make it work, and you've got long term, medium term, you want to talk about flips. You know, um, someone in HQ here at Avocado is is viewing something later on tonight that's a off market flip. So we've got the connections. Um, we'd love to have a chat with you if you're listening and you want to get involved and you're active at the moment because we really want to work with active landlords because yeah, we've we got the tenants to to put in there at record rental prices mm. as well. We can make those yields stack up and we can mitigate the increase in the in- interest rates quite comfortably through rental. And the way obviously the three of us work is it's very much going to be common sense when it comes to the tenant we're putting in. If you've got a long-term goal, we'll find you a long-term tenant. It's not tick box whiteboard stats at avocado we're going to work with you on your goal and it's asset management not property management as yeah. far as we're concerned so we don't often plug on the website on on the podcast i should say but if you are active reach out have a chat with us and, and we'd love to help what are the other quick fire stats that you've got there andy anything else that we've not covered that's of so yeah just just quick fire stats it was just um i had some stats on regions so this will give sort of a good indication of of what regions are doing better than others and where people are, are sort of demanding rental properties so the regions that have seen the greatest percentage change are 
obviously London. That's always going to be the case. So that's currently at 11.8%. And then you've got the Southeast as well, which is next best performing one at, at, at 9%. So that's obviously people fed up with London, wanting to, to, to move sort of close to where we are, mm-hmm. um, you know, with all the great transport links, you get more for your money down here. So that's what's really driving, driving that. And then the regions with the highest average rents, again, Southeast, at 1,251 as an average as an average rent, and then London you, you've got close to 2,000 uh, an average rent. So two grand a month if you two want to grand a month. Yeah, yeah. Minimum, so basically, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, you don't get much of London though. No, <laughs> you, no. you can't go swathing across with that. No, <laughs> you don't. So that just shows that you know if the average rent in London is is near 2,000 pounds, you can see why the southeast is performing well um on the rental side of things and investment wise because yeah people are just like i said fed up with 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 london get more for your money down here and and down southeast and where where we are you know you look at all of the green space you look at the communities around here the families and all of that sort of stuff they you know it's it's just you know appealing to to majority of more people now to, to come in and, and come in the southeast and, and get away from that sort of town, um, city sort of environment, really. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's that ripple. We spoke about it. We spoke about yeah. it in lockdown. We saw that ripple where people were flowing away from London. Yeah. We saw about a year ago people flocking back into London. We're now seeing that happen there with the ripple. And I think a lot of people, when you look at it kind of anywhere in that southeast or even up to where Ricky, you know, sort yeah. of looking at Hertfordshire in that direction as well, kind of almost just directly north of London where it's an easy route in, um, they seem to be the where the ripples are strong at the moment. So they're the solid places to go invest, Absolutely. I would say. So, yeah absolutely yeah it's it's been an interesting you know sort of three and a half months so far this year we've obviously seen base rate um last month went up to 4.25 i think it is now i can't lose track it's gone up yeah, a yeah, times yeah. in a row hasn't it so 4.25 but the actual swap rates that are kind of doing stuff around the mortgage element of things is way lower than that which is why we've got the rates as they are and every email i get from a lender is rates reducing still, not rates increasing. I've probably seen 25 in the last three or four weeks reducing and maybe one or two where they put a couple up and they're normally kind of, you know, niche products that they put a couple up on. So from a sales point of view, we've seen sales in March compared to February increase by 31%. We've seen buyers viewing increase by 38%, I think it was. And the amount of new inquiries is, is also way over a third. So it does feel like there's more positivity out there, but whoever you talk to at the moment has a different view because we don't know. It is uncertain yeah. times. And that's why we say have a chat with us. I'm looking forward to next week's episode. Next week's episode, we're going to share with uh, the listeners what our top apps are for property investors, what the top websites that we would expect um, a good property investor to know about, and any other little whistles and bells in our toolbox that we've built over the 60 years combined experience that we've got. So we're going to give you our, our top tips from apps, websites, and other little bits and bobs as well. So I'm looking forward to that. It's a little bit different. Um, so definitely subscribe if you haven't already, because the alert for next Friday will be a good one. It's going to really help with your toolbox. Mike, Andy, that's a wrap. Thank you for uh, joining me. It's good shares and hopefully everyone listening uh, took a lot from it. And like we say, please reach out. We'd love to help you with any questions you've got. Cheers, gents. Cheers. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube 
that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They just have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year, yeah. but why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital gains yeah. tax, and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast, and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.